With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I don't know if you play coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. regular season, my friends. There's so much more to talk about every single day, and it's good stuff as anticipation of the 2019 Pittsburgh Steelers grows and grows and grows. Good evening. Welcome to Behind the Steel Curtains, Steelers Hangover. It's the show where we rehash, well, in the offseason, we rehash the week that was and talk about the things ahead with myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and also from behind the still curtain, Tony Defio. So if you're listening to this, this show is being recorded on Father's Day, and I wanted to have an opportunity to say hello and thank you to all the fathers out there, especially the ones who uh, helped instill the love for the Pittsburgh Steelers in their sons and daughters. And so thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts at behind the still curtain. Thank you, dads. We love you. Tony Depio, my friend, how are you? Good evening, Brian. Happy Father's Day, and I must commend you on a fantastic article today that highlighted your dad, who sounds like a great guy. And if you're listening out there, Thank I you recommend so that you much. read it. It was just a great piece and touching. And, and the stuff about Bradshaw, I just, you just want to love that guy, even though he always makes – he always gives us a reason to like hate him like once a year or so. I you just want to love him. He's such a charismatic and great guy, and you just like to you just wish he would just embrace Steeler Nation for once. So a great story. I really loved it. Well, thank you so much. It uh, I teared up while I was writing it, and then I gave it to my dad as a gift. I actually gave him a gift about a week ago. I didn't know if I was going to be seeing him. And then we invited my parents and my family down to my house today. And he came, and I handed him my iPad and said, here's your other gift. And he's like, oh, great, iPad. I'm like, no, Dad, read this. <laughs> and I left the room and let him read it. And I came back. His hands were in his, ha- his uh, 
head was in his hands, and uh, I've never seen my dad cry that much. And uh, then I started the waterworks because at this point, um, guys, it's okay to cry, and I cry all the time. That's something that my wife has instilled in me. Um, I cry all the time now. Um, Mostly it's uh, inspiration crying. And uh, when I saw that, and uh, we had a great moment. And then five, six hours later when he was leaving, he said, Brian, could you get me a copy of that? I said, I already sent it to you on Facebook, Dad. He's like, that was the best gift ever. And it meant a lot to me. So if you do get a chance to read it, I um, fantastic. Um, it's from the heart, and it feels good, and it just shows how blessed I am to still have my dad because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't. And um, we we still have a chance to uh, we still have a chance to uh, keep on building on memories. But um, my dad was one of those guys. He was Vietnam era veteran, and he did not uh, he did not do too well with the uh, the entire Chicago um, week three of 2017 um, national anthem. Um, debacle let's just call it that and uh he he took some time off he never said i'm done with them he just took some time off and uh what happened is in 2018 i realized i just realized the last night in 2018 after almost every year of my life watching multiple games with him we didn't watch a single game together um and we're only a half hour apart in distance now and we talked about it, but we just never really got together because of it. Um, and uh, that's something that's not going to happen again. Um, but I bring that up, and uh, I am so blessed. And uh, I need to see my parents more and uh, just embrace the ones you're with. And that's the bottom line. Don't take anything for granted. And uh, just enjoy them. And so I had a great day with them. And uh, it's something, just writing it just opened my eyes to a lot of things today So um, that I hope go on for a long time. I have an 11-year-old son, Tony. He is not a football fan. He's a Steelers fan because he likes to talk a lot of smack. I mean, if you mm-hmm. if he sees someone wearing Patriots, Browns, Bengals, he had a teacher who was a big Browns fan. And uh, – he would he would run his mouth, and I'm proud of him for running his mouth. But I don't know when we're going to go to a game together because he's not really interested. And I, he's interested in so many other things, and we bond. We uh, we have a bond that's not the Steelers, and uh, sometimes I wish we did have a Steelers bond, but I'm fine with that too um, because we have an opportunity to bond over a lot of other things. And, you know, it's, that's something that might come later, and I understand that. But what I do know is that uh, whatever it is, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's cars, whatever it is, whether it's uh, my, my son and I play trivia together. He's 11 years old, and he's on our adult pub trivia team. In fact, to the point where they used to say he didn't have to um, play as an adult. He could just be there, and we could have the seven adults. And now they're like, no, he's too good. You can't. Mm-hmm. You, you can't uh, – he has to be counted as an adult, and he's 11, which means a lot to me too. So we bond over a lot of stuff. Um, so I I am blessed to have the bond of the Steelers with my father, 
and I'm blessed to have bonds of other things with my son and my daughter, and I know they're going to go to a game with me someday, and I know it might change. Um, but I do have a nephew and a godson that uh, lives and breathes it, and uh, his big concern today was Pirates and Marlins. <laughs> I mean, he has discovered baseball as of late, so it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, so I have that bond, and I got to take him to his first game last year in week two. Um, we had great seats. I think I overpaid for him, but it was fun because it was the first game, and I realized that he was the same age as I was when my dad took me to my first game, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was, wow. it was a magical game to take a on there. Um, but uh, the only difference is uh, – we lost to the Chiefs this year, <laughs> but um, so so uh, you know that's the great thing about football, Tony. For me, football, even when you have nothing else to talk about, sometimes football brings you back together, um, brings a lot of people together. Sports in general brings people together. They they have that bond, and it's a lot of good times. But I mean, when the game's going on, they're good times. And uh, there is so much more I could have put in that entire article. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. I briefly talked about the first chance that I got to take my dad to a game. I was a cameraman for uh, – I wasn't really a cameraman. I was working for uh, Fox 8. I was the audio guy, Fox 8 in Johnstown, PA. And they gave me an opportunity to go ahead – and uh, go to the game. No one was using the press passes. So, and it's funny because this was in November of 1992. It was right before Thanksgiving. Um, I was on the field, and we went up in the press box, and they had a really nice buffet, and just a fantastic buffet before the game. And we ate, and it was great. And uh, my, we were first time we've ever done this, and so my dad didn't realized that he would be staying in the press box while I would be going down on the field to to uh, film the game and do a video package for it. And uh, we went to the Bill Cowers press conference afterwards, and it, it was great. And we saw Yancey Thigpen's first ever touchdown. That's the day I almost got murdered on the sideline by uh, Dwight Stone running out of bounds, bounds and I uh, ran like a, uh, a scared little girl. Um, <laughs> but at this time, I was down there at lunch for us. They're like, all right, guys, um, go ahead in the, uh, I think it was the visitor's locker room at Three Rivers for baseball. So we were in the locker room, and um, which was last occupied by the Atlanta Braves in, uh, I guess, game five that year in the playoffs. And uh, so we're in the locker room, and we're eating, like, cold sandwiches and they have like little box lunches. Here, my dad is up in the press box. They're bringing him hot dogs. <laughs> he's, he's like, this is the greatest time of his life. And then he didn't have a pencil. And I mean, he had a pencil and he had a little notebook. And I mean, he had a little piece of paper and he was writing on it. One guy said, uh, uh, You supposed to be here? And I don't know who this writer was. And, uh, and I'd love to know who he was. And he goes, yeah, he's he's good. He's here with me. And he gave him a, gave him a pad. So my dad starts writing everything down, you know, uh, to just fit in. And it, it's a, it's a great story. 
and uh, he's just having a good time. He's running all this down. First quarter ends. They come and bring him the most detailed account of every snap. <laughs> and he's like, well, he sat back and watched the game, and, and the guy looks at him, and the other writer looked at him. He's my dad's little writer. Um, the guy looked at him and said, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> like, so they, they fought and had a good time. They, uh, and he knew not to cheer up there, I mean, because you're not supposed to cheer in the press box and all that. But uh, it, was, it was just a wonderful time. He talks about that yeah, all the time. And that's what my dad has always been to me, my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan when he really shouldn't be sometimes. And it's just great to know. So there's times that I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. But I thought I'd share that story with you, Tony. It's it's just a fun story. But for me, the fact that I got to take him to that game and I got to take him to a lot more games. I'll be honest with you, I took him to more games fewer games than he took me just because I had more opportunities and uh, I was able to buy tickets and I was able to take my dad and it, and it was for me it was the most amazing thing because when you get to flip the script and do stuff that's always been done for you it, it feels so much better so I know I've rambled on a lot about this Tony but thank you for bringing up that article that was probably one of the favorite things that I've ever put on this site and it meant more more to me than anything and the comments that rolled in um, even the Facebook comments were all positive and uh, it, it just made me feel so special today so thank you so much and and a shout out to Jeff Hartman who uh, I wrote this at the very last second when everything was all set up and he had to work on Father's Day um, because of me and I apologize to him too because my last minute inspiration because it just hit me um, last night around 11 p.m. Um, so thank you to everybody. I, I really appreciate that. Tony, how are you today, my friend? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, had a nice quiet day, did some bowling, did some writing. Everything's good. Thanks yeah, you had a good day. You had a, you had a great score, I think I saw on Facebook, right? Yeah, 219. Yeah, there weren't too many of us that, that showed up tonight, uh, so I got to be in a rhythm. So I guess when those athletes talk about being in a rhythm, like the running backs, about getting 30, 35 carries, they're not lying. I mean, it, it's great to be in a rhythm, and, and you keep going, and you feel good, and you, and you feel like you're you're uh, in a groove. So, yeah, that's, that was me tonight. One of the rare, rare moments for me in bowling. Fact or fiction, Tony, you could beat Jerome Bettis at goal, uh, bowling. Uh, fiction, fiction. Uh, no. He'd be a professional bowler. He's had what, like dozens of 300 games. So he he could probably be a professional if he wanted to. So yeah, that's yeah he's supposed to. Maybe if he bowl with his other hand, maybe. You know what? I think we need to set that up. I think uh, huh. we need to issue a challenge. We we need like a WWE style um, campaign for you to challenge him. To a game like it, it could even it could be a uh, a smear campaign just to get him out, <laughs> or like like Apollo Creed did to Rocky back in Rocky Two, um, just keep keep badgering him. So Tony Defio calls out Jerome Bettis to ball. You might get beat <laughs> up, but right. but uh, I, I'll back you up. Well, who who was the jobber to the stars that always patted himself on the back and 
Gorilla Monsoon said that's 18 inches away from a kick in the butt. That'd be me. I'd definitely get jobbered to the stars. I wouldn't. Uh, there's no way I'd be able to beat him, but I could definitely talk some trash to it until he decided to play me for sure. Dino, was it Dino Bravo? I don't think it was Dino Bravo. I forget who it was, but but yeah, he would always John Morocco, maybe and, Dino Bravo. One of those, one of those guys. guys. One of those guys. He he always lost to the uh, to to the uh, superstars, and he, he occasionally beat the uh, the unknown guy, but he he almost always lost. Iron Mike Sharp. I think it was yeah, Iron, that's right. Mike, Iron Sharp. Mike Sharp. Yes, yes. Maybe rest in peace. We lost him last year. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, we lost Iron Mike last year. Um, the but Rick, yeah, it was Iron Mike Sharp. He was uh, he was one of the fantastic, as they call in wrestling, jobbers that would go out yeah. and do the job. And uh, make everybody else look good and lose, and then when they won, you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we did that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, you know what? That's that's a good segue, Tony. Um, and it's a good segue to guys that aren't expected to do anything in camp. Just, I mean, some of these guys. We we talk about the phrase, and I don't love this phrase. Camp bodies. You you've heard that before in the past, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know you know what that means. Like extra arm, extra leg, that kind of thing. Yeah, but you know what? For me, a guy like Devlin Hodges, Devlin Hodges, excuse me, Devlin Hodges is he's not going there to be a camp body. Chuzar Skipper, the linebacker out of Toledo, who looks like he just looks the part. He looks like just a badass guy and uh, just somebody that can just maul people. He's not going there to be a camp body. All these other guys, you're telling me Trey Griffey is going to be a camp body and uh, anybody else on that 91-man roster is going to be a camp body? No. They're going in there to shock the world. Last year, Ola Dengi, if I would have told you last July that Ola Denny was going to uh, probably make the 53-man roster, you would have probably said to me, who? Who's that? Yeah, yeah. You are very knowledgeable about these guys, so you might have not, but most Sealer fans would have. And now everybody's uh, everybody at the end was talking about this guy. Um, James Harrison was once a camp body. He was brought in as a camp body after being cut three times. Once by the Steelers, twice by the Ravens, playing playing over in uh, for the Rhine Fire in NFL Europe. I think he played for Rhine, or was it the Frankfurt Galaxy? I think it was Rhine. But, you know, were you going to tell him, hey, sorry, you know, you're just here for the trip to lovely Latrobe. <laughs> um, you're just here to hang out in St. Vincent just for a little bit. Um, no, man, he, he didn't do that either. So there's plenty of guys to be really excited about this year. And I want to talk about a few of them. Tony, who do you think coming into camp as a virtual no-name or a guy that was there maybe last year or um, coming into camp actually has a legitimate spot to make this team? 
Now, last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, not many, I don't think any undrafted free agents made the team because Ola, if I'm not mistaken, was cut from another team. So I'm talking about actual undrafted guys that the Steelers made the call to initially on the night of, on the last night of the draft. So uh, who do you think has the true opportunity to make this team out of anybody out there? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it's a, it's a guy I didn't even expect to talk about. Just I read an article about him today on the site. Uh, Trey Edmonds, uh, Terrell's brother, the running back. Uh, apparently, he looks great in camp. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be much room for him. You know, with the with the top three guys. You know, meaning uh, Connor. Jalen Samuels and, 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 and Benny Snell, the rookie, but heck, I mean, he has NFL experience. You know, he obviously, he has, he has a, he comes from a great football family and, and, and heck, you never know. I mean, um, you know, if he can make it on a, a special. And, Trey and, Edmonds and, and, is said. Yeah. He said right now to look really good in camp. Yeah, yeah. So that's somebody I wasn't even expecting to talk about. I mean, you hear about guys like Deontay, that, but I mean, here's a guy that came, to me, he came out of left field because I kind of joked about him a couple months ago in an article, like, who the heck is Trey Edmonds? And now, now I'm getting to find out who he is. And I mean, here's somebody that to keep your eye on. I mean, like I said, it's going to be hard for him to to really you know, make any headway on the on the depth chart, the running back depth chart. But heck, I mean. You talk about James Harrison, people like that, uh, who came out of nowhere. So anything's possible. Well, you know what? Um, here's another running back that uh, James Conner was talking about the other day. And we like to joke about this name because uh, we had on the uh, the Steelers preview, Dave and uh, Jeff and I, but this was back in January, we were talking about the running back position and uh, who would be around and who legitimately uh, before the draft would we be talking about making it and and I said well there's another name on the roster his name is Ralph Webb and then to this day Jeff still calls him Frank Webb <laughs> he is calling him Frank <laughs> Webb He's like Ralph Webb is not making the team I've never heard of Ralph Webb and now James <laughs> Conner the other day is like I tell you who looks really good is Ralph Webb and I'm loving. It. So I am the biggest fan. I have been the biggest fan of Ralph Webb, um, and I'm cheering for this guy because. Yeah. Here's the thing. I just I just did a diatribe about my love for my dad, everything that I've done, and it was all that article though was all about me and my dad, but it was about mm-hmm. me, and it was about my hopes and dreams. And uh, my world, and it really wasn't about any anybody else. And so, I mean, it was almost selfish to a point. It was uh, it was like that. 
And if you look at a guy like Ralph Webb, I talk about my hopes and dreams. Ralph Webb has hopes and dreams. Every guy on this, that all 91 of these guys have hopes and dreams. Now, Ben Roethlisberger has hopes and dreams, but his hopes and dreams are different. His hopes and dreams are another Super Bowl title and retiring as one of the greatest of all time. Um, James Conner's hopes and dreams are to stay healthy and become an all-pro back. Deontay Johnson's hopes and dreams are to come in as a uh, third-round receiver from the MAC and replace a legend. You know, so then you look at other guys. Ola Denny had hopes and dreams, and he made it. Tyler Matakevich, who a lot of people were like, I, I hope he gets cut. I don't hope he gets cut. Um, that would be a business decision I make, but for the man, Tyler Matakevich, I hope he realizes his hopes and dreams, and I hope he has the camp of his life and, uh, and the season of his life. So with that being said, I root for I'm rooting for 91 guys. There's 53 spots, and that's the problem. The practice squad, you know, adds another eight to 11 spots. So that's a good thing. And teams, teams should uh, poach from the practice squad. And I love the poaching role from the practice squad because guess what? It gives opportunities to these guys. So uh, one of the uh, for me. I mean, if you're a longtime Steeler fan, you remember Chuck Knoll, who uh, passed away five days, excuse me, five years ago this weekend. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Friday was the anniversary of the fifth anniversary of his death. Um, just like yesterday was the fifth anniversary of uh, Casey Kasem's death, and growing up. I would listen to Casey Kasem and watch Chuck Noll and the Steelers at the very same time. Um, <laughs> so they were the same age when they died. They both died at age 82. So that was a big part of my childhood that, uh, that when they both passed away this weekend. But Chuck Noll had one of the most sobering phrases when it came to players. And it's one of the worst – I mean, it, he had every – right to say this, but it is probably one of the worst phrases because it's just, it's sobering, it's hard-hitting, and it's real, and it's maybe it's time to get on with his life's work. And you hate to think that, that there's going to be 30-some guys getting on with their life's work, um, but that's the sobering reality of the National Football League. Um, so, when you watch these guys, Tony, you think of guys that will have opportunities and could kind of shock the football world. And it's done year in and year out. Here's a guy, I want to talk about a guy named Deontay Spencer. Not Deontay Johnson, the third round draft pick. Deontay Spencer, who played in Canada last year. He's turning heads in camp as a very good receiver. There are, uh, we don't know how many spots are going to be open. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Eli Rogers might not get a spot. Heck, Ryan Switzer might not get a spot. So these guys have a chance to go ahead and outplay each other. And um, Deontay Spencer is a guy that I would actually keep an eye on. 
you never really know. Um, we've got you've got a guy like Derwin Gray, who uh, came from Maryland in the seventh round. Um, a tackle. They took it. They uh, picked up another guy that came in on a tryout. Isaiah Prince, a tackle from Maryland, who uh, mm-hmm. very easily could work his way in because you know there are spots. There are definite spots on the offensive line for that ninth guy, that tenth guy. Um, on the defensive line, there are spots for that guy. I mean, that's why Isaiah Bugs, um, a sixth-round draft pick from Alabama, who had more sacks, Tony, than Quinnen Williams, um, one of the top picks in the draft. Um, I believe he went number three overall to uh, the New York Jets. Um, he had a, one more sack or a half more sacks than, uh, than Williams last year. And uh, with Daniel McCullers there, there's an opportunity for a guy like that to sneak in and defensive linemen that have not been drafted and that you don't know their names. There's an opportunity for them to shine. Here's a guy that I love, a guy who played for the San Diego fleet of the now defunct AAF. Um, his name was Cameron Kelly. He was, I think he was dra- undrafted with the Cowboys and uh, he is a six, two, defensive back, cornerback. He's a corner. He's a 6'2", that had three game, three interceptions in one game um, in about week five or six, returned one for a score, and supposed to be a little bit of a dominating presence. Maybe he, he goes ahead and uh, sneaks his way in, has a beautiful camp, and they look at these guys. Um. Is there anybody else that you can think of, Tony, that really fits the bill as an underdog that could be on that 53-man roster come September? Well, something that, that, that stands out to me, and not, not, I don't think he's going to make the roster, but I, I just think it's interesting. Like you mentioned before, Trey Griffey, the, the receiver. You know, his dad, Ken Griffey Jr., is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And everything came easy to him because he was such a – now his son is struggling just to make – you know, it would be everything in the world to him just to make an NFL roster as a third guy. To me, that kind of stuff is interesting because usually, you know, and when you think about sports history, the, the sons always seem to, to have it easier than fathers that you know, came before them. And now, you know, a, a Trey Griffey, he's just trying to hang on. So to me – I don't, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but that would be a, a great story if he did. And But if I'm going to pick somebody, I don't know if it counts as, as far as a uh, – I wrote an article about him, Derwin Gray. I just think the Steelers' recent history with, with, with guys like him on the offensive line and the system, the system they have in place, even with Sean Serrett now taking over for Mike Munchak, I think he's definitely somebody that has a really good chance of beating out somebody like Gerald Hawkins and, 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 and making the team as, as they'll be prospering someday down the road as a starting right or left tackle. So I'm, I'm you know, if, 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 if you can pick a, a draft pick, if, if, that's, if that's okay to, to use, he's definitely somebody I'm going to have my eye on when, when camp starts next month. 
you know, um, guys like that, too. Um, you mentioned uh, Gerald Hawkins. That guy's had a rough go of it. I mean, this is going to be season number four here in Pittsburgh. And uh, one start, I believe. And devastating injuries. You've got to root yeah. for a guy like that, too, that, uh, hoping that this is an aha year. But if you look at the roster as a whole, there are so many names in there. I I keep I know at the beginning I talked about Devlin Hodges. This guy surpassed Steve McNair as one of the greatest um, FCS football players of all time. And um, you know the thing about that is this is your old Division One AA um, for old guys like me. You know um, <laughs> that's a that's a guy. I mean, Steve McNair, you know, the career that he had. Um, yeah. This guy surpassed him. He was, he's a, a threat to run, and he's a threat to throw the ball. He's maybe a bit undersized, but so is Drew Brees, you know. I mean, there are guys that could, could play in this league. They just need an opportunity. They just need to be seen. So that's, that's exciting for me as well. Um, that kind of wraps up what we wanted to do as far as these players. There are so many more guys that we can talk about. Um, we can make a case for every single guy on this roster to go ahead and show up in training camp. I do want to go ahead and uh, issue a uh, retraction. I did mention that uh, Isaiah Prince, from the University of Maryland, it is Damian Prince, and I do apologize for that. I did get his name incorrect. But um, a couple other names real quick, the safeties, Trayvon Askewa, um, from the University of West Virginia. I mean, Askew Henry, excuse me. He's a guy that, uh, as a safety, there's room at that safety position for not just P.J. Locke from Texas, but a guy like Askew Henry. So there's some exciting players in there. Everybody, this, Tony, to me, Factor Fiction, is probably one of the more intriguing, um, let's say, 60 to 91 um, ranking on the roster that we've ever seen. If you rank these guys from um, 1 to 91, this is, a, this is a talented bottom half, a bottom uh, third of this entire group, wouldn't you agree? Fact or fiction? Oh, it's absolutely a fact. I mean, you mentioned the two safeties, and there's definitely room for one or two of those guys to make it as reserves. And, and the offensive line, you have, you have uh, Gerald Hawkins, as you mentioned, uh, Derwin Gray, and you have, you have uh, Shoots, the last year's third-round pick. You know, they're going to be fighting out for, for the – you know, I mean, Shoots – they're going, to, they're going to be battling out in training camp for, for, for a roster spot and, and in the receivers, you know, yeah. So it, it's definitely a, 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 an intriguing camp and it's going to be one of the, one of these years where you're really paying attention to those preseason games, especially the last uh, two or three and, and to see who makes the final five or six uh, roster spots on, on, on the, uh, on the team for 2019. That couldn't be more true. So I'm really excited about uh, talking about these guys. And I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago, you know, here are some, you know, 10 names to know. 
going in, I could have probably wrote that about 30 names to know. And I'm going, I'm, I feel like I'm going to know more about this team in the preseason. And I really think the preseason, like, I, you know how if you watch preseason games in quarter three and quarter four, you're like nodding off. You're like, all right, this just has to end. <laughs> um, so you don't know any of these guys. For me, I think I'm going to go know more guys than I've ever known. So that that's exciting as well. Um, one last thing to talk about, and we're going to go ahead and do a fact or fiction. We haven't had a chance to talk about this. I put it in my fact or fiction article this week. This is one of the more intriguing stories for me. And uh, we're going back to our old friend that everybody's tired of us talking about, Antonio Brown. But fact or fiction, when the Raiders are on Hard Knocks on HBO this year, Antonio Brown takes the high road against the Pittsburgh – I mean, when it comes to his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers and his sub- subsequent divorce. Is that fact or fiction, high road for A.B.? Um, I'm going to go with, with, with fiction because I think he's going to use that as an opportunity to, to, to get his – to keep, keep continue getting his side of the show like he did in the interviews. I think he's going to want to like, – because people, I think, are finally catching on and he's not, you know, like because when this first started going down, people were trying to side with with Antonio and a, you know, saying, you know, he was trying to like maximize his, you know, his salary and get, you know, what he could while he could get it. But I think now people are starting to realize that he was more like the villain. So I think he's going to use that as an opportunity, even if he does take the high road. He's still going to try to try to um, uh, illustrate how uh, he was the victim, you know. So I think I think it's going to be fiction. I think he's going to he's going to trash make himself out to be the victim. You know what? He very well could do that. I think he's going to do his very best not to at first. He's going to promise not to, but it's HBO. HBO is going to coax the drama out of him. Um, I know guys that work in reality television. I know producers from reality television. Um, they do a very good job of asking questions for those testimonials and asking questions to uh, for them to discuss to try to coax this stuff out of them because they don't want boredom. Boredom doesn't sell ad space. Boredom, boredom doesn't get ratings. So uh, they're going to try to coax it out of them, and he's not going to uh, have the mental wherewithal to go ahead and not just completely break and just like, okay, here's the deal, and just like completely go off. I could see him playing the victim like like you said as well, but I think he's going to try not to at first. Um, I have a business trip in a couple uh, in a couple uh, weeks coming up to Hollywood, Florida, so that's home of Antonio Brown. I'm hoping to run into AB. I'd love. I think that would be just amazing to run into this guy at the airport. Who I'm hoping not to run into is it is Le'Veon Bell's quote unquote two girlfriends. But then again, <laughs> I don't have five hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry, so uh, <laughs> I might be okay. <laughs> I knew I'd get you with that one, Tony. Gonna, yeah, you'll be able you'll be able to. Uh, uh... Uh, get through that without without much uh, scandalous activity. I think you'll be you'll be all right. But but if Antonio Brown <laughs> runs into Le'Veon Bell's two girlfriends or whatever they are, then he might get in trouble because he you know Antonio likes to wear the uh, the jewelry. He has the uh, 
the goat ring was at the ring that he bought for twenty thousand dollars, so he might be in trouble. So hopefully he doesn't run into them in Hollywood, Florida. You know what, Tony? I'm I'm hoping that I run into AB, and I'm the kind of guy you don't know. I mean, we've never met face to face. We've been friends for two plus years now, but we've never met face to face. But I think you know enough about me that I get along with everybody. Um, right. Me too. Pretty much everybody. I, gosh, I get along with my ex-wife. Um, but uh, I, I'm remarried. I'm happy, and so I mean, I I get along with her as well. And we don't have kids together. I have no hard feelings. That's just the kind of kind of uh, person that I am. And uh, I don't uh, I don't hate Antonio Brown either. In fact, I want to party with Antonio Brown when I'm down there. I'm not partying with the quote unquote girlfriends. But what would you do if it was like 1 a.m., you're fast asleep, and your phone rings, and you see Brian Anthony Davis flash across your screen? I'm telling you, if that happens, you best pick it up because it's going to be A.B. on the other line, and I'm part of it. Well, you do well now that you say that, I would, I would pick it up, and I would want to try to get down there as fast as I could because that would be the story <laughs> of a lifetime. I mean, in, interviewing him. At, at Thomas Jefferson High School was one thing, but partying with him and, and you, I mean, for, I mean, honestly, that would be, I would have like blogging material for like 10 weeks. It'd be great. So yeah, I would pick up the phone and I would <laughs> take a red eye or whatever they call it to Florida. Fact or fiction, Tony, you would party in Vegas with Charlie Sheen. Uh, I would try to party with some fact, but I think, uh, <laughs> Eventually, I would say this is crazy. I'm going home. Uh, I'm going to go home. So you're only half winning, I guess. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Well, with that being said, go ahead, buddy. I would make the effort, but I, I'm de- he would definitely be able to to beat me at that at that game. It would be like trying to bull against Jerome Bettis, only with partying. He would definitely beat me. <laughs> Okay, that this was not on the outline tonight. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> partying with Charlie Sheen, AB, um, the quote-unquote girlfriends. Which <laughs> I mean, if you don't know your girlfriend's names and you have two of them, there's a name for them. It's called prostitutes. They're That's right. Hide your jewelry, then, Le'Veon. Hide your jewelry. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm the guy. I'm the guy that thinks prostitution should be should be legal. I have no problem with it. I would, uh, in fact, I think I would be a great pimp, and my wife would be a great madam. We'd run it like a business, and we'd respect the. We would respect. And my wife and I have joked about this. We would re- respect the heck out of you. Like I'm not going to wear any. I'm not going near any customers. I'm like I don't want you to. But we would. We would actually have a really good plan. We'd have, I mean, they'd have dental, they'd have health, they'd have everything. Wow. And no one would hurt them. It would be awesome. But uh, but call it what it is. You can't, Le'Veon, Juice, you can't call them girlfriends if you don't know their names. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Um. Hey, anytime I can use the word hooker in conversation, I just think it's funny because I'm juvenile. Um, but 
that, that to me, what one of the stories that, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sure he has the stuff insured. I, I would hope, um, but I just think it's absolutely hilarious. Um, Tell me, I'm sure you have never picked up a prostitute before, but are you going to leave them in your apartment or house? Are you going to leave them there? No. I mean, uh, no, I, you, I think once you, have, you don't uh, really leave them there. You don't say, hey, there's pop no. in the in the cupboard. There's, go ahead and help yourself. And by the way, there's $500,000 worth of jewelry. <laughs> right, I, I, I would, uh, I'd be kind of worried about my Roku stick. At that point, not you know, <laughs> definitely not. Tony's dead not. without his Roku stick. Life, life yeah, exactly. Would end. So, <laughs> right. All so right. Definitely not um, five hundred Let's talk about the last forty-three minutes, Tony. We started off with what I thought was a beautiful, heartwarming story. You brought up my dad and the conversation that we had. And now we talked about, uh, you know, just uh, cherishing your family. And uh, now we're ending it on Le'Veon Bell's quote-unquote girlfriend. So at that point, we really reached the bottom of the barrel, and I think it's time to wrap this puppy up, my friend. Well, you know, like my comment always says, it's important to have position flexibility and definitely covered everything tonight and that's uh that's what we're here for so uh, uh i i see no uh issue with going from that to that we're, we're, we did a great job yeah but we went from park avenue to skid row in 44 minutes so <laughs> that being said <laughs> we gotta go ahead and wrap this up tony my friend thanks as always it was great talking to you we'll talk again next week as we do every week here on the uh, family of BTSC and SB Nation uh, Radio, um, where you can find us on a number of different platforms. Remember, behind the steel curtain for all your Steeler needs. Um, great articles every single day. They're all hitting. If you want stats, it's Dave Schofield. You want commentary, you're you're gonna hear you're gonna see stuff from uh, guys like uh, Tony Defio and Flip Fisher. Flip right now is doing, uh, you know, great profiles of uh, a lot of the guys we talked about. Today he did Connor Sheehy. That's another guy to go ahead and uh, take a look at on a, uh, a defensive line without depth. So check out articles from, uh, from Flip that's coming up all the time. You want news? You have, you have Simon Chester and editor Jeff Hartman. I'm, I'm missing some guys. You have – we have a, a great newcomer, Cliff Harris, is a punk. Fantastic articles from him. Um, there's – if I'm missing anybody, I do apologize, but we have great stuff. And if you want probably nonsense and nostalgia, it's me. But we're all there. You have so much stuff going on. You have podcasts every single day of the week popping up. Um, you know, about four or five podcasts a week. I believe we're up to five now. Um, with uh, Tony and myself, we've got Dave Schofield, Jeff Hartman is on almost everything, um, Lance Williams, who uh, is strictly doing podcasts and just amazing at it as well. So if you want news, you're breaking news first, or anything else, it's behind the steel curtain, and it's for you. 
So, Tony, have a great week, my friend. Uh, you too, Brian, and, and, and you left yourself out of that equation. Uh, you did uh, you did great work, and uh, starting uh, with that article about your father, which, I again, everybody should read, and uh, I will talk to you again next week. You have a great week. All right, thanks, Tony. For Tony Defio, for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. My friends, good night, and you've just been hungover. We'll see you next week. <laughs>